Welcome to C-Suite Radio. Hi, everybody. This is John Davidson. You would love Brett Allen. I'm telling you. We, we talked for half an hour, and it felt like about five minutes. The guy's amazing. Make sure you catch Brett Allen's podcast anytime he's on. Don't miss Brett Allen. Idly hey. Welcome to another episode of the Open Mic Podcast. Prepare to be astonished with Brett Allen. Dude, we are so gonna party. A pop culture podcast. <gasps> oh! At the Open Mic, no topic is off limits. Great Odin's Raven. Join in weekly as Brett interviews your favorite celebrities from film, television, sports, music, and much more. Plus, you never know who will stop by. The mystic portal awaits. Now here is your host, Brett Allen. What's up, everybody? Welcome into another episode of the podcast. Boy, do we have a fun one for you today. Actor and musician, entertainer John Davidson is on the show. Most people know him from the hit TV show in the late 80s, 90s, and even before that, Hollywood Squares. Also, he was a huge part of That's Incredible, a fantastic TV show for kids, and he's just done a million other things. He's been on Broadway. We're going to talk about all of that and more. John, welcome into the show, my friend. Thanks, Brett. Yeah, you, you've, uh, I'm calling you, or you calling me, or we've made contact from Mexico. I'm, I'm in La Paz, Baja, Mexico, visiting my son and his family. My son has lived here with his Mexicana uh, bride and my granddaughters, who are bilingual. Um, and it's kind of exciting. A whole other culture here. I guess we all know what your plans are for the holidays. You're somewhere warm, and we're over here with cold and rain and fog in California. <laughs> Well, it's, yeah, it's, it's pretty here. It, 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 uh, La Paz is uh, not a tourist place like Cabo San Lucas. It's, it's, uh, very much, uh, it's very Mexico and, and a lot of traditions around the holidays. And, you know, I usually live in New Hampshire. I, I live, uh, in the lakes region in New Hampshire, but I thought I'd come down here and be with my son and his feel and his family and experience a, uh, a Mexican Christmas. It's, it's very different. They don't open presidents uh, presents until January, um, and uh, so so Christmas is is very special. I'm I'm studying Spanish. A mí me gusta mucho español. Wow, wow. So how long have you been down there? Then have you been down there pretty much during this whole crazy time that we've been in, or were you getting ready to tour and then COVID happened and then you decided to go down for the holidays? How did you wind up in Mexico? I think that's quite fascinating place to be. I've never been. Well, um, no, I, I canceled all my dates, uh, my shows in New England that I had lined up. I canceled them in March, mid-March. And so I was there uh, uh, with my wife in uh, New Hampshire until uh, the 1st of November. And I just thought, you know, nothing's going to change here. Why don't I go down and see my son and my daughter is with my wife in New Hampshire. So we're kind of, we're separated for the holidays. And um, I, uh, I usually come down to Mexico every year, but this time I'm going to spend probably about two months here. Actually, it's great. Um, so yeah, I feel very free. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm of course quarantining here. I miss performing live. It's, uh, well, I miss it a lot. Uh, I just love singing with my guitar and a bass player and whoever. But uh, I, I, it'll, it'll, life is going to be better. I think by next summer, you know, uh, my performing is going to come back, I hope, and, and we'll, all, we'll all do better. I think live performance is great. And, and, and uh, of course, a lot of people are hurting much more than I because I've been 
in show business for 55 years, um, I have some savings and I'm okay with not performing, but just imagine the people you're so lucky you're in radio and all the people that are really hurting with this. Uh, I'm, I'm worried that this may just stop careers and of course stop businesses. So many restaurants and, and clubs and performance areas have closed. And, uh, it's, it's, it's of course it's a, we're near to a depression and let's hope we get out of it by this. Yeah. You know, it's been so crazy just watching all of this take place. I'm 46 and I'm a single dad. I've seen some things in my life. I was in the military, you know, went to desert storm, this sort of thing and that sort of thing, but I've never seen anything quite like this before where everybody is just sort of all on the same playing field as everyone else. And fortunately for you, as you mentioned, you've been in show business forever. And I want to talk about that. But yes, I think it's important too, as you mentioned, to just kind of keep in mind a lot of other people. It's crazy. A lot of people doing Zoom shows and just all kinds of sort of ways to create content and make money, I guess you could say, uh, to, to sort of keep the ball rolling. And I'm thankful that I'm able to talk to you. I I have known about you and been a fan for a very long time. We joked a little bit before we started recording that, uh, you know, my mom would flip if she knew. And then you're like, probably your grandmother. (laughs) And uh, you've been a, a pop culture icon, I would say, for a very long time. Most people, if you're tuning in now, would know John from perhaps Hollywood Squares or your time on Broadway and Wicked and that sort of thing. But you do play music. You're a musician. You've always considered yourself a musician first, right? More than you would a television personality and that sort of thing. Has that always kind of been uh, your mindset about yourself? Well, that's a, that's a great question because I, I, I graduated from college with a BA in theater arts, really a, an actor who sang. And I went to Broadway in 64, you know, the mid, mid sixties uh, and, uh, started in television in in, uh, 64 and 65. So uh, a television producer found me in a Broadway show. I had the juvenile lead. I got very lucky uh, in the mid 60s. Uh, I mean, I was ready. I came to New York ready. And he said, you could have a full career. You you could, you you don't want to be just a, a, uh, a spear. You want to be a Swiss army knife. (laughs) He said, you want to be a jack of all trades, you know, and he used, used the expression, a Swiss army knife. And I thought, well, gee, that's amazing. I never thought about that because I, I thought I just wanted to be on Broadway and just be a Broadway musical guy. And he said, no, I'm, I'm going to show you, we're, we're going to, I'm going to put you on television. He was a producer who discovered Carol Burnett and he, he wanted to find a guy that he could develop like, like he did Carol Burnett. And so I did hosted a lot of variety television, had my own show several times on my own talk show. I replaced Mike Douglas for two years and um, and started up through the 70s and 80s. And um, you had a Las Vegas. I played Las Vegas, helped me work on a Las Vegas act uh, with a lot of good pieces of material that were very entertaining. I never had a hit record. I never I, I've recorded 12 albums, but I never worked hard enough in the studio hit record people worked very hard on it and I just was lazy about recording. But so he, he helped me to uh, develop my career in all these different ways. And so when it came time, uh, the variety television was going off the air at that time. This was before 
all the uh, all the talent shows like American Idol, all the uh, competition variety. But um, variety television, as we knew it in the Carol Burnett era, went off the air. And so I started hosting uh, game shows because to me that was the closest thing to variety. So I I hosted the Hollywood Squares. Uh, Peter Marshall was the first host, but then I started hosting. And then I hosted a show called That's Incredible with Fran Tarkington and Kathy Lee Crosby. And um, so that was great for five years. Along the way, I had three kids, and I've been married for uh, 37 years. And so it's been quite an amazing career, but I think it's been confusing because you'll find some people, first of all, who have no idea who I am, which is fine. I, I wonder sometimes myself. And you'll find uh, other people who say, oh, he's a singer. Oh, he's a game show host. Oh, he's an actor. Well, I'll, I mean, I'll, I'm, I'm the jack of all trades. I'm a Swiss Army knife. I don't, I don't have one identity. Yeah, I also remember That's Incredible as well. I remember watching that as a kid. My brother and I would watch that, <clears throat> excuse me, after school. We were latchkey kids, basically. <laughs> and uh, that was one of the things that kept us entertained is we did homework and waited for mom to come home and that sort of thing. I've talked to a lot of people doing this show and, and I've had the honor of talking to amazing celebrities like yourself, but I find your career especially interesting because you, as you just mentioned, came up in a time where I think, and I feel, and please correct me if I'm wrong, that, that getting into the entertainment industry and being an entertainer meant something different, if that makes any sense. It's not like today where there can be someone plucked out of obscurity and launched onto a show like American Idol or things like that. I want to get your perspective on this. From when you started, you had somebody find you. They said, you want to do this and not do that. How do you feel the industry has changed from when you started and became a celebrity and, and sort of started entertaining versus like somebody coming up now, what are some of the differences that you see? Is it easier? Is it harder? I would love to get your perspective, John. Well, thank you, Brett. Uh, I, I, uh, I think it is very different from when I started. When I came to New York city in the mid sixties, um, there were only three channels on television, ABC, NBC, and CBS. And uh, there was, of course, no internet. There was no YouTube. Um, recording was uh, very simple. There were, there were just the basic labels. And, uh, and and making demos was a whole different thing. They, uh, you know, demo records to try to get a record deal. Yeah, you could make tapes and things, but uh, the, they, weren't, they weren't as complex as they are now. But I think the biggest change is that you can, I think there's much more opportunity to be discovered. Uh, I, I say to young people when I, when I talk to people just starting out that uh, make sure you, you sing or act or do whatever you do at the drop of a hat. If anybody says there's anything like uh, standing up in front of an audience or, or, or appearing on a radio show or a talk show, do, do anything you can to get yourself be seen. And, and you can be seen in so many different ways. You can make videos, you can make uh, YouTube stuff. There's so many ways, but you've got to just be seen. Don't wait until you're ready. I mean, you will never be ready. Um, you, you, you need to sing and sing and sing and sing. And instead of taking a job as a waiter, find some way that you can work on your craft every day. Uh, and, and the other thing is networking. 
get a network of people that you feel are created, creative, but be with, hang out with winners. You, you know when somebody's a loser. Well, don't be afraid to say, you know what? I, I like you a lot, but I'm busy right now. And go find, hang out with winners um, who may not be as available to you, but, but uh, network with people that you think are going somewhere. That's, that's not a bad thing to make mm-hmm. that choice. You know? And of course, don't get, don't get into drugs and don't drink too much. I, I, I've had a job drinking wine. I love to drink wine, but I know that I can't be productive when I'm drinking wine. So I have to really be careful with that. Um, but uh, I, I think I think it's much easier to start a career now. I really do. But you have to realize that it's a lot of work. It's not just it's not just fooling around. Get as much education as you can. Uh, study voice and, and acting and movement and and uh, people that will help you to put together monologues and do your own thing. But but. Uh, just there's many more ways to be seen and get started today. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it should go, shouldn't go unnoticed. And you mentioned this early on in our conversation, you went to college, you got your degree, you worked hard and you were doing things and you were putting yourself out there. And then somebody found you and said, let's take you here and go down this road. But you were already on the road of, of talent and performing. So it wasn't like you were sitting by the phone and waiting for somebody to call you and say, Hey, we've got this game show. You should come on an audition. And it was like, you were already doing things. And I think our listeners need to know that is that it's not just like, I mean, it could happen that way maybe for somebody, but I feel like from my perspective, the percentage is very low in regards to just like, you know, boom, getting discovered and being plucked out of obscurity. Looking back on your career and and all the things that you have done as a performer, whether it be musician, TV personality, do you have any moments where you go, I would have maybe done something differently and it may have changed the trajectory of your career? Or do you kind of feel like that everything happened for a reason and you were just on the right path to begin with to kind of get where you are today? No, I, I, I think, um, I think I made several mistakes, uh, in my career. I think we all do. It's hard not to make mistakes, but when I was first starting out, I, I, uh, I, there were many times when I should have worked harder at, at getting a hit record. I should have worked harder in the studio. I just wanted to perform live. So I would rather, uh, do a live show than, than recordings. You have to work at recordings because it'll give you a musical identity. The other thing that I think I was at fault at is that I didn't hang out with winners as much as I, I should have. Um, I, I, it seemed like uh, uh, famous people that I would meet, uh, I, I, we might have a drink or something or have a dinner, and then I wouldn't follow up because I felt, why would that person want to be with me? And Well, that's, you just can't look at it that way. You've got to uh, you will find that the people who are successful, the people who could help you take that next step, you know, they're going to be busy. They won't be hangers on. They won't call you as much. You've got to call them. And uh, I didn't do that. I always felt uh, I'm thinking of uh, I'm thinking of Kenny Rogers. Uh, uh, Kenny and I were friends for a while, and I didn't really follow up and work on our friendship. And, and I, not just for career reasons, but uh, you have people who are successful 
you have to make the move. You have to reach out to them and say, hey, hey, what's happening? Uh, you know, want to play tennis? Want to want to go to a movie or something? Uh, so what I'm saying is that people who are available to you may not always be people who are best for you to hang out with. And and I didn't get that. I I chose the easy route of uh, letting people call me. And most of my friendships were instigated by other people. Uh, do you understand what I'm saying? That it's hard to explain. I do. I get it. I think it makes perfect sense because you have to surround yourself with people. Well, let's take this podcast, for example. I started three years ago. I was interviewing friends, uh, you know, just kind of shotgunning it. I didn't really have a game plan or an idea of where I wanted to go until I was able to interview a celebrity who just happenstancely, I don't think that's the word, said yes to interviewing with me. And in that moment, she said something quite similar. And I think that the whole point is, is you just have to surround yourself with people who are where you want to be and are can not can help you get there, but also you I think you what you feed inside of you grows. It makes perfect sense. You know what I'm saying? Like you can't just sit around and wait for things to happen necessarily. You have to sort of take the initiative and go out and do it and surround yourself with winners. Like you said, because I think that's the perfect title for this interview, because if you don't surround yourself with those types of people, you're wasting your time. I think first of all, and second of all, you have to follow up on those relationships. And I think that's great advice to have because otherwise you could just wind up tail spinning and not really wind up getting anywhere. <laughs> and uh, then uh, what? Brett, I, 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 think there's a, I think there's another factor here and that is to be open and curious. Um, I, I think uh, we're all attracted to people who are open and, and curious and, and uh, wanting to learn new things and wanting to, to, uh, to, just, to, to learn things every year. Uh, people who are closed like a cement wall because they know, they know everything, they know what's exactly right for them, they've got a plan, they're all the, those people are so closed, I don't think anybody wants to be with them. I think people want to be with people who are open who ask questions, who are wanting to learn and improve themselves all the time. I think those kind of people are the, they're certainly the kind of people who attract me. If you wonder why don't people like me, maybe it's because you're closed. Maybe it's because you think you know everything and nobody knows how to do this crazy life. And it's, I think it's always better to ask questions and be curious and be open to suggestions. Yes. I think that's what's helped me in my career that I've, I've been good to work with because I take direction. I, I take direction very well. I'm eager to ask, oh, well, you want to do it that way? Okay, let's do it that way. I mean, that's, that's exciting to be with. Yeah, yeah. I think that's also, I agree, what's made you sustainable and likable as an individual is the fact that you have had that attitude from the beginning from when you started, I mean, when that person came to you several years ago, however many years ago, and said, I think you don't want to be just the spear or the tip of the spear, but you want to be the whole thing. You could have said, no, I'm happy just doing what I'm doing. And you probably would have had a very successful career no matter what. But the fact that you agreed to that and you were open, as you said, and said, OK, let's do it this way. Here we are. And we're having this conversation. and 
you have just created such a, a, a an iconic body of work from from your films to your TV to your music and all of that sort of thing. And and now here we are and and COVID has kind of shut things down a little bit. And so what's the plan once all of this kind of boils over? Are you intending to go back out and touring again? Is that sort of what the next step is as far as music and, and hopefully getting back out there and performing again? Yeah, this, this is what this is what's crazy. About. I mean, I, I, I just turned 79. 79. <laughs> I mean, that is that's so fucking old. Uh, you, you can cut that out. You, you, You're you'll, fine. No, no, don't worry about I, it. Yeah, I, I, I can't believe that I'm starting my 80th year and yet my voice is is as good or better than it's ever been. I, I work on breathing. I love to to breathe pop proper. I, I think singing is all about air. I learned I discovered about fifteen years ago, or I, I remembered that the voice is a wind instrument. It's all about the wind. It's all about the air. If you try to do it with muscle, it'll just wear out in an hour. But uh, I'm singing as well as I ever have because I, I think I'm breathing right because of my Broadway training, but I love singing. I love playing guitar. I love uh, telling jokes, making people laugh. I love, um, uh, I, I, yeah, I'm going to go, I, I'm going to still do my live shows. I, I do a one man show. Sometimes I add a bass player, but it's all about uh, self-discovery and, and, and the wonder of life and uh, how to figure out how to be a better father, a better boyfriend, a, a girlfriend, either. Um, to be a better man, to be a better, that, that, that's what my live show is. And it's, it's very funny. It's a lot of jokes, but it's all about the mistakes that we make. And I, I think people, I want to either inspire people or make them laugh or make them cry. I want to have some effect. I think that art, art that is not received, just, I, I don't have any use for art where the artist says, you say, well, what the hell is that? And he said, that's a rabbit. Can't you see that's a rabbit? And I say, no, I can't. And so for me, your art doesn't have value. And so that, that's the way I feel. But art, there's two steps. One is creating the art and the other that it has to be received by somebody. Uh, so uh, I think that an entertainer, a singing entertainer, has to touch people. And if he can't communicate with people, then it doesn't matter how well he sings or how well he plays. or It, it just doesn't matter. So I, I think reception is is a big part of creation. Yeah, 100%. I think it's about that emotional and spiritual connection between us and you or anybody that we are consuming. That's why we go to concerts, we hear musicians create these albums, and then we want to go see them live. And I think it's such a better experience. Let's say Sting, I saw him live and it was a lot different than I had expected from what I heard on his music. But I tell you, I walked away completely changed just because of the experience you know there was laughters there was you know joking there was some tears you know as he shared some of his stories and I think that's why I do a podcast is because I'm so enamored by all of this and I just think the connection is amazing well Mr. John Davidson one last question here as we wrap up and we'll let you get back to the family again thank you for taking time especially this close to the holidays to do this what do the grandkids think about what you do? Do they get it? Do they know who you are? I mean, obviously your children do because they grew up with it, but do the grandkids get it? Do they show any kind of interest in show business or are you just 
grandpa and and that's the end and where the train stops well uh <laughs> uh my my grandkids have no idea of the career that i've had uh my children although they grew up in it uh i think they have some respect for what i've done actually no i i they have a lot of my children do because they had to deal with people when i was on television a lot in the 70s and 80s and 90s my my uh my children had to deal with that of what's dad doing or oh, he's signing autographs over there. So he'll be right back. He'll be right back. So, I mean, that they had to deal with, with my career uh, taking me away from them some. So, and they watched me a lot on TV and in the Walt Disney movies. I, I made two Walt Disney musicals, the happiest millionaire and the family band. And, and oh, yeah. so those videos now they've seen those. And uh, so that brought me another generation of people that might know what I do. Um, but my grandchildren certainly have no idea. And, uh, I'm not, I'm studying Spanish with my grandchildren here cause they're bilingual. Um, but yeah, and that's okay. You know, life, life goes on. Uh, I'm, I'm an old guy now, but, uh, I think if, if you love what you're doing, you see at this point in my life, I'm not hot in any way. I, I'm not, I'm not the hottest thing. <laughs> I'm pretty my career is what it is, but the main thing is I love doing what I'm doing. I just love yeah. it. I would, uh, it's better than sex. Uh, uh, singing with my guitar is better than sex. Of course, there you hear it. things are now. <laughs> right. But, uh, uh, so I, I would like to one day just fall over on stage and say, what happened to him? Well, he was singing and then he fell over. <laughs> I, I, I think I, <laughs> because, uh, I just love it. I just love it. And I, I, I thank you to all the people that came to see me. And I'm, I'm going to keep performing all up through my 80s, maybe 90s. Yeah, well, I'm excited. I love your music. I mean, I've like I said, you know, I've I've been a fan for a very long time. And it just was interesting. I had saw your social media account came up in my feed. I was like, John Davidson, I know that name. And then I'm like, oh, wait a second. I know who this guy is. And I was like, I have to reach out to your publicist, which she is the best. And shout out to her for making this happen. And just, I was like, I would love to talk to him and just spend a little bit of time with him. And when she said you had agreed and I was like, oh, that's really close to the holidays. I just wanted to make sure that I maximized and got some great, um, you know, value for both of us. And you're the absolute best. If one last question, if people want to just, if they know about you, or they want to know about you after listening, what's the best way, John, for them to learn about you and your music and just this iconic decades-long career that you've had? Well, thanks, Brett. Uh, the lady you're talking about, her name is Amy Malkoff, M-A-L-K-O-F-F, and she's amazing. She's she's in charge of my social media. She she helps. If I want to say something on, on Twitter or Instagram or, or Facebook, she helps me to, to say something in, in those medias. And um, she's very knowledgeable about branding and marketing and uh, she's a singer herself and she's had several she loves acapella groups but amy malkoff is an amazing woman and i if anybody's looking for support in their careers i would recommend her she works with several people and um i think if you go to john da john john davidson.com is my website and uh, it'll show where i'm performing and um yeah just john davidson.com that's how you can reach me and and there's a lot of downloads and stuff. And yeah, I, I appreciate talking to you, Brett. All the best. You're great. Well, as they say, circle gets the square. Mr. John Davidson, thank you. 
for being on the show today. I appreciate it, sir. It was an honor chatting with you. That brings today's show to a close. Goodly do. Thanks for stopping by. If you enjoyed this episode, feel free to share it with a friend and subscribe. It's absolutely free. The views and opinions of the guests do not necessarily reflect those of the host. Autobots, roll out. Go home.